The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. Coming to you right after a disappointing one to nothing loss to the Milwaukee Brewers and that racist Josh Hader <laughs> with the save at the end. Some bitch. I want somebody to take him deep. But it's Herb Lawrence here. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. Chris, uh, I know it's uh, a six-game winning streak is over. How are you feeling tonight? Uh, no Bill Walton tonight. You know, that's one of those nights there which sometimes it's just not your night. Got to tip your cap legitimately this time, and it's not something we just say just because you lose and you, you tip your cap. But Adrian Hauser tonight, good God. We'll, mm-hmm. get to, we'll get to him in a second. But there's just a little bit of housekeeping we have to do. This episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Postmates. You know, if you're like me, you're probably thinking about what to eat for dinner right now, no matter what time of day it is you're listening to us here. Uh, I love food. You love food. We all do. We all need it. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now. They're, they've been really clutch because I can get my food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door for that matter. And given what's going on in the world, they've created non-contact deliveries. So that means when I order food from some of my local spots, everything gets left right outside my door. I like using Postmates because it's a great way to support my community and those independent businesses that I love so much. And they don't just deliver food either. It's not just burgers and sushi, okay? They actually make your life easier by picking up everything you need from Walgreens, 7-Eleven, places like that, and then dropping it right outside your door. All you got to do is download the Postmates app for iOS or Android. Find your favorite places and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And check this out. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Just start your free deliveries. Download the app and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's right. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need. Anytime you want it, Postmate it. So, little housekeeping Housekeeping. Um, Rick Hahn spoke in a Zoom chat earlier today with members of the White Sox media, and he touched on several things about the uh, injury front. The injury bug has bitten the Sox quite a bit over the last, well, since the season started, really. Uh, Let's start with uh, number one pick Nick Madrigal. He suffered that separated shoulder in last night's victory. He'll be going to the IL. Rakan did not rule out him returning before September. He's got the separated shoulder, but he says that surgery in the offseason is likely an option, but uh, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we see him before the month is out. Ronaldo Lopez begun a throwing program in Schaumburg and could join the team in, quote, a few weeks, unquote, Rakan says. 
Uh, Carlos Rodon, who left the Brewers game earlier this week, had preliminary scans on his shoulder today. He had the cat scans, the dog scans, and uh, everything came back clean, according to Rakan. MRIs, cat scans, dog scans, you name it. Rick said that the Sox anticipate him joining the team later this month. And as far as Ross Detweiler goes, they need someone to fill one of those spots uh, on Saturday. They don't anticipate stretching out Ross Detweiler. We talked about it on the podcast earlier this week. He'll stay put, and they'll just keep him in the bullpen. But as far as other options to start Saturday, Dane Dunning will not be one of them. Um, but they, it was mentioned that Dunning, Jonathan Stever, and possibly Bernardo Flores are all options that could still be in play to start a ball game here in 2020. As far as Dunning goes, he just wasn't stretched out enough, so they're working on that currently. Um, you'd think they would have had that uh, that process going already, but that's just me. you think everyone that's, that's a starting pitcher would be ready to go out there. All right, so just quickly to the injuries. So we're in a situation where they're saying that we could see Ronaldo Lopez and Carlos Rodon return before September. You buying any of that? Oof, that's tough. I mean, shoulder injuries. He's had one. He's had a shoulder surgery before. Um, I mean, the fact that they immediately weren't too worried about it gives me hope. And the White Sox usually are uh, erring on the side of caution. So, yeah, I'm buying it. Let's go with it. Okay, all right. Um, and what about uh, Nick Madrigal? I, I don't know how – that's a tough spot to put the rookie in with a separated shoulder. We'll have to wait and see how it heals. He's a young guy, so he's got that going for him. But, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about that, about running him out there. Uh, that's one of those things, too, where, you you, you know, you play around and, and manipulate a, a kid's service time. Now you're asking him to go out there with a separated shoulder. Granted, it, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm just looking forward a little bit. If he's, if he's not going to have surgery immediately, um, you're asking him to go out there with a separated shoulder. It, it, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Do you, I mean, I, we don't know how bad the separation is, but that, that's, that's a tough spot for him to be in uh, the rest of the season. And my history of knowing about people who had separated shoulders and the like, a surgery is necessary for them to correct that problem because otherwise it'll continue to keep on happening. Um, in that regard, I don't know if the White Sox left it up to the kid to decide if he wants to just let it rest and you know have some proper rehab to get back to action or have the surgery, which would end his season. So... Um, if I was the White Sox, I would be looking forward to the kid's future and shutting him down and getting that surgery as quick as I can so the kid would be ready for next year. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's the right answer there. But, yeah, if I was them, I would not be playing around with the injury like that. I mean, you're going to be using your shoulders for hitting. You'll be diving for balls at second base. I could see a separated shoulder coming back. To inj- I mean, coming back from injury and then putting him back on the shelf for a longer period of time if he does come back and uh, injure his shoulder again. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the right move. We'll see. And if the White Sox feel it is, I just got to trust them in that regard. Exactly. And the, the White Sox have a pretty good track record in terms of taking care of their players and keeping them healthy and not, not rushing people back too soon. But you do wonder with, with everything being heightened this year in 2020 in, in the shortened season you worry you just hope that that people are, aren't making decisions that will jeopardize uh, some of the players health 
uh, in the big picture, you know, in, in, in sake of, you know, go, going for it this year. I, I, this is why, you know, I, I just wish they would have shut the whole thing down, to be honest with you, because, you know, you're seeing a lot of these injuries pop up and a lot of them have nothing to do with the short season. But I, I find it hard to believe that a lot of these pitching injuries don't have anything to do with, with them ramping up for spring training, shutting down, ramping up again quickly, and then here we are already uh, in, in uh, the midst of a season. But anyway, uh, on to tonight's game. Those Sox lose one nothing to the Brewers. Brewers, by the way, we, we were texting about it before the game, but the, those road grays, first of all, the alternate blues for the Brewers and the road grays, just oh, just a top-notch tandem of, of road uniforms in baseball. Your thoughts on the Brewers jerseys, Herbie? Just nice and sweet. It was enjoyable to see their blues they have, uh, I think, are one of the best in the major leagues. The blue with the bright yellow Milwaukee across the chest, perfect. And these, yeah, these are really nice. You know, me, I'm partial to the San Diego Padres, and both of their road uniforms and their home uniforms are the best in baseball right now, besides the White Sox. So, yeah, they're, it's finally we're having some consistent – good rebranding of uniforms in major leagues with those two those two teams coming out swinging this year that's exactly right and okay so let, let's get to the game here um what can you say uh, about tonight's game danny mendick had the best at bats of the night uh adrian hauser who who came over to the brewers in the trade for uh with the astros for mike fires and carlos gomez and along with josh Hader, who pitched the ninth um he pitches a great game tonight. Seven innings pitched, five hits scattered, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts. What did you think of his outing tonight? That Hauser guy is just filthy. He was inducing ground balls just like his counterpart today, Dallas Keuchel, at an alarming rate. I mean, he wasn't putting a lot of people away. He had five strikeouts on the day. But just consistently, uh, the sinker was working for him. Power sinker and getting the White Sox just to kill some worms right in front of home plate. So I was surprised how good he was. And, um, you know, I would just remember Adrian Hauser before this, just like they showed in the sixth inning, as the guy who puked multiple times on the mound. And I was like, oh, this guy, we're going to kill this dude. But no, <laughs> mercy. A good, a good located sinker without he was keeping down the whole day. And changing speeds off of that was kryptonite for the White Sox. So got to tip the cap sometimes when a team just dominates you. And this is, I believe, the first time the White Sox have been shut out this year. So, yeah, Danny Mendek with his good approach at the plate this this uh, evening got half of the White Sox hits today with three for three day. But got to tip the cap to Adrian Hauser that David Phelps came in. I believe his name is David Phelps. And then Hayter coming in shutting the door for the for the Brewers yeah and the White Sox are going to be a little susceptible to this but but if if someone's going to locate uh, the way that Hauser did tonight more power to you but the White Sox with an aggressive young team and you're going to see a lot of this if if, uh, if the picture is effective you know just swinging early in the count uh, ground ball outs making contact it just goes to show you man you can do whatever you want with with velocity and talk about all that stuff, but there, there's nothing beats a game like tonight where you have two guys who know how to locate and throw with conviction and are just you know not not even mixing up a lot, just using their best pitches and working off of that and, and setting you up 
for for uh, for sliders and sinkers and, and and that's that. You know, send it to Cooperstown when that's all said and done. But uh, Dallas Keuchel, you mentioned, pretty solid outing by him tonight. Uh, he was pretty much his Dallas Keuchel self uh, early on here in 2020. He goes seven innings. Five hits, just a one earned run, eight strikeouts, and, and one walk. A um, couple of things from this game. Um, Cody Hoyer looked pretty damn good tonight. He was like the, the thing that everyone was marveling at uh, during this game uh, when they weren't trying to think about how they were going to you know, come up with a run against Josh Hader. But Cody Hoyer, Cody with an I, by the way, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That does factor into my, uh, my answer to this question. But they, you know, since they haven't figured out who yet is going to start on Saturday – what do you think about Cody Hoyer, who t- did most of his uh, his duties in relief in Birmingham? What do you think about him uh, maybe starting your game on Saturday? Not as a starter, but doing like, bullpenning it and have him go the first couple innings. He looked damn good out there tonight. If they're not going to bring up Dane Dunning to do that uh, starting on Saturday, yeah, Cody Hoyer, he was very impressive today. The pick, 2018 pick out of... Wichita State, six-round pick. Pretty quickly going through the minor leagues a couple years, well, a year at uh, Great Falls, Birmingham, and then just up to the majors. This guy is pretty filthy. I did not expect anything from him, firstly, because I didn't know who the hell he was. Wasn't on anybody's radar this year. Maybe a guy like James Fox or a guy Mike Rankin at Future Sox, but I was blown by, blown away. Firstly, when he came in the game today, I was like, what are we doing? It's a one-run game. We're putting in a youngster to do this? This is weird. And then when I saw his stuff, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I got it. This man is filthy. This man throws 97-plus, and these brewers were not seeing him at all. It made Eric Sogard look so, so dumb. So, <laughs> yeah, if they don't bring up a real bona fide starter – Cody Horror going a couple innings, even though he is not a, a starter in the traditional sense, to be the opener on Saturday. I'm fine with it because he looked absolutely filthy today. Yeah, put him in a tandem with Matt Foster and and kind of go from there. And that's what, like one of the one criticisms that I've had about the Sox organization the past few years is you know you see pitchers all around baseball. They're like, man, where do they get this guy from? This guy is just a young guy who who throws hard and it's, he's hard to pick up. And you just wonder why they didn't do more things like churn, like churn out more uh, pitching depth on the Sox roster. We always hear about these great arms that the Sox are cultivating in the lower levels, but it feels like you never really see any of them. They're kind of married to a lot of the guys that they that they have, and they're committed to a, a small handful of guys. But you know, this is the year to do it. Stoney mentioned it late in the game. Like this is going to be one of the things about this season that we're going to look back on as one of the positives as, as guys that never would have had a chance otherwise are all of a sudden thrust into action so i'm all for it and i want to see more of cody with an eye uh hoyer uh other things uh of note tonight uh luis roberts um gets caught stealing in the first inning after getting on base and that's one of those things he's going to have to learn how to uh how to get an appropriate jump uh, he can't rely on speed alone um even though i thought he could i thought there was no way he's now four for five on stolen bases this year but then during the Sogard single he kind of boots the ball a little bit the run probably scores regardless but what do you think about the uh prospects of giving Luis Robert a night off he looked like he could use one out there tonight um 60 games I would not do it I'm just hesitant to give our best player 
I mean, currently probably the best player in American League, which he has a F war of one win above replacement right now, just behind Mike Yastrzemski for the major league lead um, coming into today's game. I don't know. The kid is just electric. I want to see him in the lineup every day, and I understand people need a blow every once in a while to get uh, their wind back into him. But as we said, he's got a body from the gods, and I'm sure that his body's not tired right now. I'm sure that he can go 58 of these games. And I don't think right now would be the time to sit the kid down and give him a proper blow. And since we're down in men right now, I don't want a lesser player like Adam Engel to be out there uh, patrolling first, I'm patrolling center field while we also have lesser players in Larry Garcia and Danny Mendick. And I'm putting those in quotes just because they're not our starters. Danny Mendick, as we saw today, three for three, is doing a good job at second base. And Lurie's a perfect fifth infielder, fourth outfielder. He's decent, and uh, Adam Minkle can go and get him in center field with that power stroke he showed versus Bubich of the Kansas City Royals in that game in Kansas City. You can see that his bat is coming around, but I want my starting nine out there as much as I can. And if you need to give a guy a blow once in a while, cool, but I don't think now is the time for my man Luis Robert. All right, I can appreciate that, but you know the way I feel about it is, you know, rookies during any season, especially this season uh, during a pandemic where everyone's just a little bit more stressed, and he has more responsibility than anyone on the team manning center field and basically playing left and right field at times, and also uh, now hitting leadoff. Uh, you know, you just, you 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 want to like to maybe take some pressure off the kid just at least for one day because there aren't many off days. So you, you there's, you know, the next available one would be if you wanted to give them the combined off day, I think Monday's their next off day. So you'd have to give them one Sunday. And I, I don't think that that's practical. Um, I thought this would have been a good spot for today or tomorrow. Uh, the twins, man, still, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing. The Sox would be in the playoffs if, if, uh, if the season ended today, but the Twins keep rolling, man, and the and the Indians pitching keeps rolling too. So I I can see it from from that from your perspective too, man. It's just, it's 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 tough to uh, to make an argument for that at this point in the season. But to me, he just uh, he looked a little gassed tonight. Um, other players uh, on my radar tonight, I want to ask you how you feel about Nomar Mazzara. So Nomar Mazzara in his third game tonight for the Sox, uh, hitting just one forty three early on in the season here. Um, I know it's tough to jump in uh, to a squad uh, sort of as they, as the train has already started moving and you're we're trying to recover from, uh, from you know, they never said it, but being on the, the COVID protocol. What do you make of uh, Nomar Mazzara's start here? A, a pretty pretty unimpressive so far. He did draw a walk tonight uh, with a little help from the umpire, but what, what do you think of how he's uh, sort of fared early on here? I, I think he's he looks like he's... Um, I don't know if, if they believe that he would hit more home runs if they sort of altered his swing a little bit, but it looks like you know he's a lot, lots of pop ups, lots of weak contact up in the air. Do, do you do you see the same thing when you look at Mazzara? Yeah, his bat just looks lazy through the zone. Lazy is a wrong word to use because then it's a negative connotation, as if he's doing it on right. purpose. It's just slow through the zone, and so those balls get popped up, and maybe it's just a result of him having you know COVID I believe that he has been public with that I, I don't know if that was an actual official thing I mean I think everybody is speculated as such 
So him coming back, I'll give him a break on that. And most people a break on this season because it's unusual, especially people who have been affected by that disease. So, um, yeah, he's just not the guy that the 20 home runs a year guy that we've heard about in Texas. And he's only 25, as they have told me time and time again. So I think his bat will come around. And the one good thing about that with Nomar he doesn't have to press with the rest of the people in this lineup. He just has to be himself. He just has to do his game. He doesn't have to carry the offense. He doesn't have to score a bunch of runs. He needs to play solid defense, which he has so far, and get you an occasional single double and then pop one over the fence when you can. So, yeah, um, I think he'll be fine eventually. He won't be spectacular. We'll be looking for another right fielder after this year, I I believe, but – um, I want him to show out, and if he is his last go around as a White Sox, I want him to show out and get a real deal for himself, or get himself on another team and set himself up for a future success. So the White Sox once again one to nothing losers tonight. They dropped to seven and five on the season. Jared Diamond from the Wall Street Journal just tweeted out. MLB and the MLBPA have agreed to changes in the operations manual. Starting tomorrow, staff players must wear face coverings over their nose and mouth at all times and at all places in the stadium except for the players in the field. This includes the dugout and the bullpen everywhere. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of good. I, that's I great. railed on Daryl Boston for wearing that shit around his chin. <laughs> yeah, Debo does. The mask only works if you cover your nose. Uh, you know what they say? It's like a condom in that regard. Um, but yeah, that that was one of the weird things. Like, I didn't want to seem like you know overly cautious guy. I didn't want to seem like someone's nana out here. Uh, you know, get, don't forget your jacket out there. But when when baseball sort of launched, the fact that you could have sort of uh, you know a, the Joe Madden policy about the mask, like oh, if you feel sexy wearing it, then wear it. Um, <laughs> like you know, it, it it was up to the players to to wear one. Frankie Lindor was the first guy that I noticed wearing one early on in the season. But to me, you know, you you're, you're taking all your cues from the the sports that have resumed play from around the world, and the KBO, the first to come back, they're all wearing masks. So I don't understand why this wasn't mandated, unless it was something that was really gonna, gonna muck up the works there in the negotiating process. I don't, you know, you never know with 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 baseball players as we've talked about before. But I don't understand why this wasn't a mandate from the very beginning. It seems like such a simple thing to ask. I, I know I'm trying to think of a of a tactical standpoint where uh, having a mask would be a hindrance in your performance. Um, but yeah, not it, at all. It seems like a no brainer to me. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad this is. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's it's August fifth. They've they've already been playing for two weeks. Like, what's what took so long? The, the, the fact that baseball's sort of just doing everything by the seat of their pants and making it up as they go along. This should not have been something. That 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 it, that all of a sudden is implemented now. I'm glad they're doing it. Don't get me wrong, but from the very beginning, this was a concern of mine. Yeah, I didn't want to be labeled a cuck. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want to wear the mask? Um, you know, but I just I, it just makes sense. You know, while you know while this thing is still the virus is still raging on, and there's still you know we know that a mask wearing one protects others from you and in you from other people if, if done right and in, in, in worn in a communal fashion it reduces the rate of transmission by what 70 percent or something like that so yeah i don't i don't see what took them so long yeah i mean j- just in case i mean it's an extra precaution just in case one of your teammates 
doesn't follow protocols, goes out and contracts it, or his family members, you're protected in the dugout while you're spending certain couple minutes and the, the virus could be in the air. You wearing a mask can save yourself from that and save if you are carrying the disease as an asymptomatic person, you wearing a mask in the dugout doesn't spread the disease as much as it would if you're just having no mask over your mouth. So, yeah, it's a good final step that MLB, I thought at the beginning of this, that was supposed to like every player is supposed to be six feet distant and also wearing a mask while in the dugout. You know, players are players. They just want to be comfortable with how they're doing things. And now I feel good that they have this mandate that you have to do it. And I don't know how they're going to regulate this. Have somebody on the team tell team tell players they got to put it on. Have an MLB official in each clubhouse and making sure that happens. And maybe the authenticator is doing double duty. He's authenticating balls and also then... <laughs> the baseballs, too. <laughs> yeah, see, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about time. I mean, this is our sport. We love it, and we want it to complete, especially that the White Sox are competitive this year. So the more safe and healthy these players are, the better for everybody. We've all enjoyed baseball being back and having mass face coverings are going to continue baseball in the future for the 2020 season. Absolutely. And you know, I don't know if you saw that video that uh, that White Sox talk tweeted out last night. I actually missed it during the game because it was so quick. But it was pretty much it, this is the, the personification of of life in 2020 of Major League Baseball in 2020. But it was Craig Council with, with the mask around his neck in the dugout picking his nose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, and I and I and I've been listening to a lot of uh, a lot of Craig Council the past couple of days because they've gone through a lot uh, in that organization and, and dealing with COVID and 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 coaches you know getting sick and being in the hospital and players opting out left and right and he's been a great public face uh, for that and you know talking about how you know the, how the country's handling it and he's been very articulate about the matter but then there's a video of him picking his picking a bug while uh, <laughs> while he's got the mask around his neck but it, it is what it is uh, before we get out of here uh, make sure you start your morning with news that matters in just 10 minutes axios today host nyla Budu and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world white Sox losers tonight one to nothing tough one but what are you going to do? You tip your cap. What else you got, Herbie? Anything before we close out? Nothing else from me, Chris. It was a sad loss. I mean, we're going to have 20 of those this year, right? At least 20. And that, then 20 wins. Yeah, so that's what, what the we do funny, with the rest of the 20. That's what the funny yeah. people are all saying this year. Yeah. That's <laughs> what they always say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I could accept the loss. It wasn't from a lack of effort. It was just from a guy who was just much better than your guy on the mound today. So for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. It is a sad Locked on Socks, but nonetheless, it is a Locked on Socks that we are proud of. And we are proud that you are listening to us. We oh, yeah. Yes, we are. I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank the people for, for their support. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, seriously, like we started this and we didn't know if people are going to listen to it. We just White Sox fans. And you guys have listened to the tune of, you know, top 20 trending podcasts for baseball in this United States of America, which is amazing where there's 
people out there that want to consume White Sox information. And we got to give it up to the White Sox for winning. White Sox being good makes us seem like we're smart and makes us get more ears to this podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend and take that friend for telling another friend. And if you want to write us an email, lockedonsocks at gmail.com is the way you can do that. We usually answer those on Monday, but we read them all throughout the week. And then we just save the best ones for our Locked On Mailbag Monday. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnSocks. It's Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence at EctorWall23. So for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked On Socks.